The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. In our practice, exploring ourselves as we are, we're encouraged to notice things that are not so helpful that tend to create stress and suffering and being mindful of experience begins to point this out to us begins to actually point out to us what does create stress suffering unsatisfactoriness feelings of distress or unease so mindfulness is uh, is really helpful in pointing that out to us what's what is helpful and what is unhelpful. The teachings kind of have a fairly simple definition in a way. Things that are unhelpful are states of mind that are rooted in greed, aversion, and delusion. Wanting things to be a certain way, trying to hold on, trying to make them be a certain way, wanting to get rid of things we don't like, confusion about experience. And what is wholesome or helpful in our experience is rooted in the absence of those qualities. Non-greed, non-aversion, non-delusion. They can, that can be expressed in positive terms. The wholesome qualities can be expressed in positive terms. Uh, love, kindness, compassion, wisdom, patience, joy, delight. There's a whole host of many lists. I think many of you know that the Buddha loved to offer lists in his teachings. And several of the lists, quite a few of the lists, include a whole bunch of these beautiful qualities, wholesome qualities of mind. And we're encouraged not only to recognize what is wholesome and unwholesome, what's helpful and unhelpful. And mindfulness helps us to recognize both sides of this. As I said a few minutes ago, you know, when we notice things that are unhelpful, when we notice things that are based in greed, aversion, and delusion, we recognize it. Actually, we feel the distress of it. And in that recognition, our our system begins to learn and to understand these things are not helpful. And on the other side, as we begin to touch into qualities that are wholesome and beautiful, the delight and joy, patience and kindness, wisdom, equanimity, as we begin to feel into those qualities as they arise, as we we recognize what it feels like when greed is not happening, when aversion is not happening. We feel the, um, what's the the right word? there's something in us that, that kind of feels the, the rightness of that or feels the, the non-constrictedness of that. It feels like not, it, we're not suffering. And so there's a, a, a kind of a way that the taste or the touching into those wholesome qualities or beautiful qualities with mindfulness begins to give us 
a very direct experience of, oh, this way, this actually feels like the way to ease and peace in my life. This feels like a way to navigate my life with, with much less reactivity. And so the, the teachings, the Buddhist teachings, kind of give equal balance in the teaching on wise effort, equal balance to um, recognizing, letting go of, um, and um, refraining from engaging in the unwholesome, and cultivating and maintaining or supporting the wholesome. Teaching on wise effort encourages us both to let go of, to recognize the conditions that create the arising of the unwholesome, and to kind of let go of of that, and to create, shape, cultivate the conditions that support these beautiful and wholesome qualities. The main one one quality of mind that does both simultaneously. I'll just say this up front: one quality of mind that does both of those things simultaneously is mindfulness. Because as we are paying attention and noticing what's happening, mindfulness itself, when we are cultivating that quality to just have that curiosity, what is this? What is this experience? That, that mindfulness itself is a wholesome quality. It's, it's rooted in wisdom. And so right there we're cultivating that wholesome quality. But if we are kind of meeting a difficult state of mind, like frustration or impatience, something like that, with this quality of mind that is balanced, that is curious, Sometimes as we're exploring that, as we're kind of able to just be curious, it's like, oh, what is this impatience? Sometimes we can actually feel into the qualities of mind or the sense of what it feels like to have that connection or care, as I spoke about in the guided meditation, the, the care that I, I care about what's happening here as if it is a good friend if it you know if if as i said in the in the guided meditation if a good friend sat down with you and you were really frustrated and your good friend said how are you i really want to know how you are we would feel held we would feel like oh somebody sees me somebody understands something you know, maybe they don't directly know everything that's going on but they they have they're they're interested so there's a feeling of love, of care, of connection there. And so the, the, sometimes when we're noticing something that's challenging or some kind of difficult experience with mindfulness, we can recognize that the container or the field in which that um, experience is being held has some softness, has some care, has some love or kindness in it. And in the guided meditation, I was encouraging you to see if you might be able to touch that or just have a sense or taste that sense that even just the simple act of being mindful is a very beautiful 
and caring thing to do for ourselves. And so this, this kind of exploration or curiosity, just with mindfulness, can begin to um, strengthen that quality, that beautiful, wholesome quality of care, of love, of, of um, connectedness, of concern. And so mindfulness itself, whatever's happening in our experience, if we are paying attention to difficult qualities of mind, mindfulness will be supporting the letting go of that difficult quality. It will be supporting the release of that difficult quality through the, the understanding that we gain in, um, in terms of recognizing, oh, this actually hurts. This doesn't feel so good. But it is also at the same time shaping and connecting us with some of these beautiful qualities of mind in some of these lists, like confidence, faith, and um, delight, kindness, care, patience, balance of mind. So the mindfulness kind of brings those qualities along, along for the ride. And so this is, this is mostly, you know, this is a lot of what we teach in terms of the practice here at IMC. We, we explore mindfulness as this way to both let go of the unwholesome and cultivate and nurture the wholesome. And there are some things that I, I want to just touch into because we don't speak as much or I don't, I don't talk as much at least about about directly cultivating the wholesome. What are ways to, to touch into that, to support and nourish those qualities of mind? Because those two, those two will support us in, in our path, in our journey. So as I said, there's a lot of different ones of these wholesome qualities, and I'll just I'll just name some of them. I've already named a few of them, but there's a few lists that if you're interested, you could look up these lists. So the the uh, the Brahma Viharas is one list of wholesome qualities that includes four uh, heart qualities, um, love. Well, I'll say the both the English and the Pali love or metta, compassion or karuna. Sympathetic joy or mudita, and equanimity or upeka. So those are some wholesome qualities that the Buddha talked about a lot in the in the text and encouraged us to develop them and cultivate. He both encouraged us to develop them and cultivate them, and also to recognize that they are they are kind of natural results as we let go of the reactivity. And this is one of the the key understandings about some of these wholesome qualities that as the mind lets go of greed, aversion, and delusion, as it lets go of reactivity, so as it lets go of anger, it's much easier to kind of connect with love and care. As it lets go of greed, it's much easier to connect with generosity and connection. As it lets go of delusion, it's much easier to connect with wisdom and equanimity and balance of mind. And so the sometimes we can find that that just the the release of the unwholesome just the the kind of the balance of mind just the 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 mind that that 
understands and lets go of reactivity. Sometimes we can find that some of these qualities of the Brahma-viharas naturally arise in that release. But sometimes, and for me, I think I was one of these, um, these people that these qualities, these wholesome qualities were, were not my, um, you know, I hadn't spent a lot of time with them in in my childhood or you know occasionally but you know they they weren't my go-to things they weren't my go-to strategies and so i didn't have a lot of familiarity with something like compassion for instance i could feel a lot of ease or balance of mind but i didn't really quite you know touch into the quality of compassion and so you know there were some explorations i did around this and and you know this is this is, these are the kinds of things we can explore around um, some of these wholesome qualities. I'll talk about that. Um, I'll just mention for myself how that unfolded around compassion, um, just to kind of give you a flavor of, of what I'm talking about. So um, in talking with people, sometimes I was... Um, you know, listening to them, like I, I was being a really good friend. I was listening, I was hearing, I was really able to be present for people. And what people said back to me was how much they felt like I was really, you know, I, it was the feeling of being cared for. They had the feeling of compassion or love or something coming from me. And I thought that was interesting because what I was mostly experiencing was really just interest and kind of a balance of mind. I was not reactive, but I didn't experience the feeling of compassion. And, but people were telling me how much compassion they were feeling for me. And it's like, well, this is really curious. I'm curious about this. And I wonder, I want, I know I'm not feeling it, but you know, what's going on? And I talked to a bunch of different teachers about this. And several of them just said something like, oh, don't worry about it. It's already there. And I thought, well, okay, but that's not very helpful for helping me to actually feel what, it, you know, feel it. You know, what, do, how, how do I know it's there? I don't feel it. And, um, and then one teacher, one teacher talked to me um, as I described this experience. He actually had an instruction for me. And he said, you know, when you're talking to people, your mind probably is really naturally orienting to kind of the just the nature of experience as empty and um, you know it's like he said try when you're in that kind of a situation to think about the person connect with the person you're with think about them as a person you know, just in a simple way, like, oh, this is so-and-so sitting in front of me, you know, you know, it, it, there's just a very natural way my mind would just orient to, you know, things arising and passing, you know, oh, this is what's happening, this is arising and passing. And, um, and so I had an opportunity just a few minutes after this teacher talked to me. And, um, you know, sitting with somebody, I was listening to them and hearing them. And I thought, oh, here's an opportunity, you know, and I turned to think, oh, this is, this is this person sitting in front of me, and they are, they have their issues and concerns and worries, just like connecting, thinking about them as 
another being. You know, just, just in an ordinary way, thinking about them as a person. And instantly I felt the compassion. So it was like a part of my mind that, I mean, so somebody, the other, the other teacher was right in a way, you know, it was, it was very accessible. Once I turned my mind to orient to the entirety of the experience in a different way than I had been. And it's, you know, it's hard to quite describe how I had been orienting more just like, um, this is what's happening. These are, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what this person is saying, you know, just kind of like very, um, um, in, in, in very much this, the way of just knowing experience as experience. So, but not so much the ordinary everydayness of connecting with somebody. And when I did that, when I just oriented towards that connecting, the feeling of compassion was there. And this was, this was really, I mean, this makes a lot of sense to me as I think about it, because these emotions of the Brahma Viharas are emotions of relationship. And so it was in the relationship, as I connected to the relational, that I felt it. So this was, this was a, kind of a piece that I saw, oh, for me, actually, I may need to lean in a little bit to cultivate some of these wholesome qualities. They're not just going to appear for me when greed, aversion, and delusion fall away. And so, you know, how can I, how can I cultivate some of these qualities? What, what can I do? And so, you know, we don't have a lot of time here this evening, but I want to just offer a couple, a couple of thoughts you know, into some kind of basic over overarching thoughts. So one is um, kind of an interest or kind of, in a way, um, um, picking a particular quality that you may be interested in cultivating. You know, the paramis is a great list. The, I'll, just, um, I'll just name the paramis right now. Oh, I'm going to forget them, so I'll pull them up in front of me. So the, the, there are 10 paramis, um, and these are beautiful qualities that they can kind of be thought of as a, as a, as a kind of a one supports the next, as a kind of a list in a way to generosity, virtue, renunciation, wisdom, energy, patience, truthfulness, determination, loving-kindness, and equanimity. And so, you know, you can, some of those, some of those are really great daily life uh, uh, qualities to cultivate. Generosity, um, ethics, um, patience particularly, (laughs) truthfulness, you know, all of these, loving kindness, all of these are, are very much relational qualities. And in fact, the qualities of the paramis are said to be kind of like in, in Asia, that's understood to be a daily life practice. You know, that, that if you go to the monastery as a, as a lay person, the teacher will often ask you, how's your paramis practice? You know, what paramis are you working on? What paramis are you cultivating? And so if you have these, these list of qualities in your mind, you could pick one that feels particularly resonant or interesting for you. 
For a period of time, I picked patience because impatience was so big for me. And, uh, you know, so, you know, what, just picking, picking something that feels resonant for you. And then playing with ways to, um, to cultivate that quality. Some of these, some of these um, wholesome qualities have whole practices associated with them, like um, metta, for instance, loving kindness has a whole uh, series of meditations that support cultivating it. But looking, I like to explore and to encourage people to look at what it might it mean to cultivate that in daily life. What are things we might explore or do that would cultivate it in daily life? And here's where I would encourage you to just be creative. For you, what would support cultivating that quality? So for me, around compassion, you know, I asked a whole bunch of teachers you know, about this, and, and, and finally I got this one tool. It's like, pay attention to the relationship. So I started doing that a lot and felt much more into the relational emotions that were available. Both, both the emotion, relational emotions of the wholesome and some of the, I, I was pretty familiar with the, with the relational emotions of anger and frustration, <laughs> but, but less familiar with the, the wholesome ones. And so, um, you know, just orienting towards that relational peace with mindfulness was a way for me to play with cultivating that in daily life. So, Find some ways to, you know, picking one of these qualities, if, you, if you're interested in exploring cultivating the wholesome, you know, picking one of these qualities and, um, and then looking at it. So there's a couple ways you can explore this, you know, look at when kind of the basic ways are notice when it's there. So for me, that was pretty hard with compassion because I wasn't noticing it. Um, and notice when it's not there. So notice when it's absent and, and just be curious about that, you know, so it's not there. And in a way, that's what I was doing too. It's like, I don't feel it. You know, even when I try to turn and people say, oh, it's there. And I turn, it's like, I don't find it. I don't, I don't get it. I'm not, not feeling it. And so just noticing that, that helped me to kind of do this investigation and check in with teachers and then find this tool to connect with the relational. But you can also just notice like the presence and absence of the quality itself. That's one way. That's using mindfulness to support the quality. So for instance, with patience, cultivating patience, you know, you could, you could notice when patience is there. The other day I was, um, maybe it was even just this morning. I don't remember. Some very recently, you know, I was just really noticing the quality of the mind was really at ease. And the, the I was like in the kitchen, I was doing things. And there was just so much kind of spaciousness. There was kind of a sense of, oh, I have lots of time. And, and that's the quality of patience that was there. So I noticed that. I noticed that quality in the mind. And then there was a time later in the day when I noticed, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit like rushed or something. And so I was noticing a little bit of the impatience. Oh, I was I was working with ants in the kitchen. I was I was, you know, scooping them up to put them outside and just a tiny bit of impatience with that. Oh, I've got something else I need to do and I have to deal with these ants. So just noticing that impatience and trying to slow down a little bit and be careful. And um, so so that that um, kind of piece of just 
cultivating knowing when it's present, knowing when it's absent. And then, you know, for patients in particular, I created this, and this is where I encourage you to get creative. You know, it's like, I'm not going to go through all of these paramis and try to give you a practice for each one. But if one of them resonates with you, you can explore for yourself, you know, first noticing the presence and absence, and then potentially, you know, seeing what might help me to cultivate that. What conditions might support cultivating that? Can I play with it? Can I, can I create a practice for myself? So the practice I created for myself around patience um, was um, I noticed that when I was impatient, often my uh, actions got kind of jarred or jerky. So I, I noticed this when I was at the grocery, not to the grocery, the drugstore one day. I actually just told this story the other day. So this is on a, a recording very recently. Um, I was at a drugstore and I was really impatient, feeling like I needed to get done with being in that drugstore. And I noticed I was picking things up off the shelf and throwing them in my basket. And that was how the impatience was expressing itself. And so I just decided, okay, I'm going to see it. I'm going to play with this. I'm going to not try to repress the impatience in my mind. I'm going to know it's there. I'm going to fully be aware of it. But I'm going to see if I cannot let it leak out into my behavior. So I'm going to just like be like I, anybody looking at me would think I was really patient and at ease, even though my mind was not. And so I started moving slowly. I picked the thing up off the shelf and I'd put it in my basket carefully and then I'd walk a little further and get the next thing. And I, I did that, you know, not repressing the impatience in the mind. Really clearly aware. Yeah, wow, this feels really interesting. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm an actor and I'm like acting against the grain here. <laughs> You know, so I was feeling the impatience, but acting as though I had as much time as I needed. But what was so interesting to me is in that was um, within about a minute or two, the mind shifted. So it was like the activity of slowing down the behavior had a rebound effect on the mind. And so that gave me a really fun thing to play with when I experienced impatience. And that's kind of what I was doing the other day with the ants. It's like, oh, right, I can slow this down. I can just be careful with this. So, you know, being creative in daily life with finding ways to cultivate the wholesome. Familiarizing yourself with these lists. I've I've given two of them. Um, I'd say two of the key ones, the Paramis and the Brahmaviharas. And if there's any of those that seem interesting for you to cultivate, exploring that, and particularly in daily life. You know, in sitting meditation, I really like to encourage people to just, you know, be mindful, practice mindfulness, and notice what's here. You're cultivating the wholesome quality of mindfulness there. And you're cultivating the stability of mind with concentration, another wholesome quality of mind. But in daily life, it's a real opportunity to begin to see, kind of do inventory, take in what are the, what are the paramis that might use some development. Like for myself, I did an inventory once and it's like, oh yeah, impatience, that's pretty strong. So let me work on patience. Let me explore that. So you could explore uh, cultivating the wholesome in this way.